Welcome to Where Does Beer, the beer history podcast, where we podcast about the history of beer. I'm your host, Tim, and with me is your other host. What's up, guys? I'm Elle. Today, Elle, I'm going to talk to you about Sierra Nevada. Okay, let's do it. Talk to you. I'm going to talk at you. I'm going to talk about it. Right? <laughs> okay, I'm ready for it. You know Sierra Nevada is, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, rel- yeah, I'm relatively familiar. Yeah. you've seen the green can. I have. And, uh, and or green label on a brown bottle. Yes. Noted as Sierra Nevada. Do you like it? Have you had it? I haven't had it before. Holy Interesting color combo. Holy shit. I know. Yeah. That's um, another one. Okay, list. well, it's a pale ale and you probably won't like it. <laughs> it's good. Um, so this episode is about a company that makes a lot of pale ales. Okay. And they also make IPAs, which is an Indian pale ale. Do not like those. Um, yeah. So you won't like a pale ale because <laughs> they are bitter. So, in the heart of bitterness, which is, um, you know, if you're in the beer scene, you, okay. you, you hear about IBUs. Oh, okay. IBUs, Tell me more. They, they're nothing. They don't mean oh, anything. Uh, they they, they, they're important. semi-determined to, like, they're, like, they determine bitterness, kind of. Okay. But in reality, it's so much more about how you finish brewing a beer versus... More so, and the ingredients you use more so than it is like the actual like bitterness of the hops or anything. IBUs don't really. Uh, you can have a, a, you can have a thing that's that'll say like seventy IBUs and it'd be really bitter, but then you have something that's like you know fucking not as bitter. Okay, it. so it's kind of like the most then, hardness scale. Yeah, but okay. it, and it's not the most accurate. So okay. It, it's not necessarily useful. Um, <laughs> okay. But we have it as a reference. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So IBUs go up to 110. So on a scale from one to 110 IBUs <laughs> for a beer you've never had, but I've described what it kind of tastes like. What do you give it? I'm going to give it a 65. Okay. I'm giving it a positive. Yeah. You're just going to go right down the middle. You've Absolutely. never had it. never so had just, it. But yeah. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because you, you like it, right? Yeah. yeah I like yeah, it. So, okay. I, I love Sierra Nevada. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, okay. It's great. It's one of my go to. Okay. Maybe the story yeah. will I'll be yeah. bump it up a little bit and I'll be like, I want to go drink that beer tomorrow. Yeah. Their hazy little thing can fuck. Fuck. Man, that thing is good. That little <laughs> fucking IPA is good. like, maybe I have had a Sierra yeah. Nevada beer. I just didn't realize necessarily that it was a. Yeah, they make a lot. The, yeah. the, the hazy hazy little thing is their like hazy IPA or sometimes they're known as juicy IPAs where you don't filter as much and has a little bit more like Ooh. fruit content. In okay. It's it very good. Um, that, hazies yeah. are very popular right now. It's a big thing in the okay. IPA world. Uh, hazies, juices, things like that. Very, very big right now, um, which isn't a bad thing. They're very delicious. They taste good. <laughs> um, sours are also popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've definitely been known yeah. that was a sour sours or two. Are, sours are very popular right now. So, um, Sierra Nevada, here we go. Let's go. We're moving. We're trucking along. So it's 1976. Hey, okay. I wasn't born. L wasn't born. It's before our time. Ken opened the homebrew shop. Okay. Ken Grossman. Ken Grossman. That's his name. Our boy Ken, Ken. Grossman. Okay. Um, I know him. I know him personally. Personally, so, that's why yeah. you're first name based. Um, obviously, yeah. So the, he opened up the home brew shop. Okay. He taught classes, and cool. he was a home brewer. So Ken was a home that's brew really guy. Cool. Okay. So he opened up this little thing, and uh, he kind of used it to pay his way. Didn't make him a lot of money. You know, 
but he was he was able to to make it happen, Captain Crunch. And <laughs> <laughs> focus up. Uh, so uh, Sierra Nevada was eventually found in '79. So three years Ooh, later, okay, cool. um, and it was in Chico, California. Hey, okay, yeah. So Ken ends up moving to Chico, California, um, and he loved Chico, California. It's like his favorite fucking thing on the planet, absolutely. Um, and he opened it up with his bud, Paul Camusi. What's up, Paul? Yeah, fuck you, Paul. No, just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Paul seems like a lazy asshole, though. <laughs> oh, all right, here we go. All right, so Sierra Nevada, why is it called Sierra Nevada if it didn't start in the fucking Sierra Nevada? I was Nevada? actually about to ask about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, so no, it's just because Grossman liked uh, the Sierra Nevada. He liked hiking the Sierra Nevada. I don't blame him. Yeah, he loved yeah. it, said it was beautiful. It was one of his favorite things ever. So, wow, okay. Yeah, he named really the fucking cool. brewery after it. That's cool. Yeah, so early on as they were trying to get this thing going, mm-hmm. obviously fucking owning a brewery is expensive. Like Absolutely. It's just equipment and stuff like that. The cool thing is that Ken was like a super hands-on guy and he okay. was super creative uh, as Clearly, far as like, yeah. and he was super ha- like handyman. So he was able to rig up this shit. And That's I mean, so cool. the man spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours just like making so like really putting shit, into just it. like put all this stuff up. Um, so they were denied 50,000 from the bank and this was Ouch. to give them an expansion, right? right. They were trying to like move up to the next thing they were able to brew but they were trying to like become consistent they wanted their stuff to all sort of taste similar uh which is something i don't think people realize is the fact that like you get a beer that tastes exactly the same is fucking impeccable no that's a good point that you just bring up i didn't think about yeah because the brew process is is all based on time and fermentation and it's like so it's insane that you know exactly what a Guinness tastes like. Yeah. And you will always, always taste know. a Guinness. Like, so that's fucking wild. That's a great point. Um, that's really cool. He was able to fundraise $50,000 from his family. Okay. Well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's one of those stories, yeah. by the way. Not that Ken wasn't a hardworking guy. Not that he didn't struggle. Uh, but my goodness, every garage story just has like, just happens to have rich just, yeah, family. Like his family is clearly well off enough to get like fifty thousand. He say, was able to fundraise and get it's like the bank said no, yeah, but and get all that stuff. So he was able to damn. rent out a three thousand square foot warehouse. Oh wow! Um, and like I was saying, he was very handy. They used old dairy equipment, uh, scrap yard metal. Awesome. Yeah, there was even a Upcycling. point where they got some. There was like a slaughterhouse that went out of business, and okay. he. <laughs> Got some equipment from them. Yeah. Okay. And like had hey. to, he, they had to clean it, and absolutely they, like, on record was just like that was probably one of the grossest things I've ever done in my Oof. life. Um, which is exciting. They definitely, you know, they definitely struggled financially. Obviously, young company, small breweries aren't really doing anything. Um, this is post prohibition after okay, some years, right. so a lot of small breweries just didn't make it. That makes a lot sense. Of small breweries weren't coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were really kind of the small brewery that was able to break through the fold and there and we'll kind of talk about it briefly but they're credited as being like the craft brewery like the mecca of, yeah, yeah no they're the starting point they are craft brewery they That's start cool. yeah they started craft beer like beersmanship essentially so wow like they're, wow, they're yeah, yeah in inside that world they're kind of credited as because again they were doing this it's just like there were no real small breweries you know right. this, these were kings no, that makes punching sense. around yeah 
And yeah, there was small stuff, but like it just wasn't something that was being consumed. No Mm -hmm. one was drinking fucking pale ales in the 70s and 80s. No one gave a fuck. They wanted their American lagers. That's what they wanted. No one was drinking these harsh, like, like hard beers. And it's actually really funny. Everything that I've read about Sierra Nevada, like kind of picking up is that people didn't like it. Really? Yeah. Like people didn't like it, but they kept coming back for it. So it's just like... And this is... That's interesting to me. This is what's so hard. Again, I'm a craft beer guy. So, like, it's it's one of those funny things of, like, that whole, like, oh, uh, people that like IPAs will, you know, give you a beer and mm-hmm. be like, it doesn't it taste really bitter in that great? <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't taste fucking disgusting. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> like... Yeah. Like, shit, yeah. So that, that exists, and that is legitimately the market for IPAs and pale ales. Yes, we know it tastes bitter. Wow, you're blowing my mind with that right now. We are very fucking aware. Yeah. But that's what we like about it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the flavor profile. Yeah, and so I think it's very funny (laughs) that like, again, they're early on, no one's drinking all this, but like people would drink it and they'd be like, man, this is like fucking hard. Like this is kind of pungent. Something about it, people just kind of kept wanting. Okay, so I think you've you've brought up something. Again, as someone that doesn't really drink beer, all of the quote-unquote American lager, like, they all kind of taste the same, right? And then it's like, well, when you think about beer, like, beer doesn't necessarily have a taste, but then when you throw in IPAs and, sa- like, you throw in Sierra Nevada <laughs> into the market. That's literally what it's they f- sustained themselves off of. Flavor, quote-unquote, yeah. right? It's, Was the fact that they spice. tasted something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you that's a very interesting point. I didn't, again, that's something yeah. that I didn't put, put together until we were just having this conversation now. Very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. In the 80s, again, like I was saying, no one really liked craft beers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there were, in 1980 specifically, there were only 43 independent breweries. Interesting. That's okay. Nothing. Yeah. Doesn't exist. No. It's not real. I used to live by four in Austin, Texas. Wow. Four. I'm say, the f- wow. I was a two-mile radius. That's really cool, I lived actually. by four. That's so cool. So just to give you an idea of what's going on in yeah. the fucking 80s with uh, independent breweries. Um, wow. Again, that wasn't that long ago either. Not really. No. 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 Okay. Um, 50 years ago. So yeah. in uh, 83, they were able to get a hold of a copper brew house from Germany. So okay. it cost them a lot of money to get sure, this. I bet. You know, by 83, they had released like the pale ale. They mm-hmm. started like picking up a little bit. So they were finally able to like get some money and they there was this nice copper brewer set that they bought from Germany. Okay. It cost so much to get it from Germany and get it there that they weren't able to install it. They get didn't have the here. money. They could oh not get gosh. somebody to install it. Like it was just in uh, it. And we're talking how frustrating. The, we're talking right. the, 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 the big fucking silos. You know what I mean? When you go to a brewery and you see oh this my gosh. Big, we're talking that. I, I mean, I was like, so I wonder like, how even they transported that over Yeah, from. right. So like I'm sitting here, you know, because I was saying like, oh, Ken's really handy. Yeah. yeah he's Ken not that not. fucking handy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you an idea, like this is very wow. complicated stuff. Yeah. So no, Ken couldn't just be like, oh, I'm a handyman. Let together, me do yeah. it. No. So they weren't able to actually install it. It um, sat around until 1987. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it sat around for four years. They just kept, just had it. In they the just warehouse. had this thing. Oh gosh, just like a constant reminder of what they couldn't do. Yeah. Oof. Okay. So they ended up buying out a brewery space on Twentieth Street, which is their brewery in Chico. That's still, cool. That's no, I like still that the a same lot. brewery. Okay. And that's when they finally got to install it. They were making enough money. They were actually producing too much. They had to install it at that point. That's what a there was yeah. There was no upside. other okay. option. That's yeah. the only way they could keep up. So they moved into this bigger space, That's installed great. this uh, 
this thing that they bought. Yeah. So they started. How satisfying that they were finally able to put yeah. that damn thing to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they started moving along. Um, like I said, the pale ale was brewed in, in 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had mentioned a little bit previously is that they really struggled with consistency. It sure. was just, you know, you'd make a batch and then the next batch just wouldn't taste the sure. same. Like it just was kind of off, kind of different, whatever it may be. Probably some taste like shit, to be honest. <laughs> um, and Ken kind of knew like, well, I'm going to have to get this nailed or we're not going to, we're not going to be able to do anything. So yeah, over time they homed it in. And uh, by the way, quick note, it's homed. It's not honed. H O M E. It's H O M E. Is it really? Yes, it's home in on something. It's not hone. Why did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just so so everyone knows, it's home in. In its first year, the yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna move back to the Sierra Nevada. In its first year, the company sold 950 beer barrels. 950. 950. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Again, hey man, they were keeping the lights on. Yeah. They're That's, keeping the lights on. Yeah. Um, the second beer was made a year later, and it's known as Celebration. Celebration is still made today. That's cool. You go into the stores, you'll see it right now because it's their uh, holiday brew. It's what ah. they made specifically for the holidays. It's okay. It's not my favorite of theirs, but I get why they kind of keep it in rotation. Sure. It's their second beer ever. Like, and I'm That's sure really people cool. and I'm sure people do enjoy it. It's just not my personal favorite sure. like holiday beer as far as like holiday beer so goes. I'm sure there's a lot of other um, And again, this is kind of big time brewery, but mm-hmm. like. Shiner, Shinerbach, their holiday beer is awesome. It's so <laughs> good. A couple years in, they hired their first employee, uh, Steve Harrison. He was put in charge of marketing and sales, which is where they were struggling cool. the most. Sure. They just weren't able to get the growth. They weren't able to get like their brand out there. Sure. So naturally, first guy they hired helps him with that because yeah. Ken can fucking do the brewery. He can handle the brew part, yeah. Um, and notice I keep saying Ken and not Kamusi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't heard of that guy since yeah. the beginning of this damn yeah. story. And then they hired their head brewer, Steve, and Steve. he was hired in 83. Steve retired in 2017. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Nuts. Dude. Congratulations, Good. Steve. So Talk early on. Company growth. Yeah. Early on, Ken and Grossman delivered the, or Ken and uh, Kamusi delivered mm-hmm. the beer themselves. That's how they got it out. They literally they were the supply chain. Yeah. yeah. They were the supply chain um, logistics. Got it. And they constantly were refused by public houses or pubs. pubs. Hey, <laughs> yeah, so they were constantly refused by pubs. Pubs didn't want their Damn. beer. Damn, okay. Yeah, didn't even didn't bother. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but stores wanted their beer. Oh. So they sold them in stores, liquor stores, shit like that. Yeah, so a lot of their business what? came from that. I'm actually really surprised. Okay. Yeah. There's like a rough story. I can't really remember. I didn't write it down because I didn't think it was that interesting. Sure. But there's a story about how like Ken ended up kind of like Third hand knowing a guy okay. that was kind of able to get them into the the fold with uh, stores, essentially. Okay. Just one of those things where like you just kind of networking, kind of know someone. Know someone, know someone. And then ultimately, after they kept getting it at stores, people started going to these pubs and they were asking for fucking Sierra Nevada and they weren't getting, they, no one had it. And so then all of a sudden pubs were what? like, all right, I guess we got to call Sierra I, Nevada. This is very, like, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm shooketh. Yeah. A little bit. So there was a point where they weren't being able to sell it, but then all of a sudden they actually started getting called. Like, and I'm sure that was a great feeling. I was going like, to say, oh, yeah. shit, we're getting called to like distribute, which is great. By 87, Sierra Nevada was sold in seven states. 87. Okay. Yeah. Seven states. Okay. And they were selling about 12,000 barrels a year. Good for them. Yeah. Almost. So, up and up. yeah, in seven years. Yeah. 
Yeah, in seven That's years awesome. they went from under a thousand to twelve thousand, which is crazy. It's great, fast. Man. Yeah, yeah. When you, yeah. It's great. In '88, that's when they finally move into that that space. Okay. They're okay. able to finally get into that big space. They do the Copper Brewhouse in Germany, um, mm-hmm. and a year later they open up their own tap room and restaurant. So things are Major. starting to move, yeah. and so that's still there in the Chico location. That's so fun. Restaurant tap room. Go. All right, we're um, going. Add that to the list. A restaurant tap room, and then in 2000 they opened the big room. Which okay. is where they do live music. Typically Incredible. like blues, rock, stuff like that. Got my attention. Um, in ninety eight, okay. Ken bought out Paul. Let's go, Ken. Yeah. Okay. Um, apparently early on, Grossman approached Paul about the fact that he was doing like everything. Ken was <laughs> like, dude, I'm kinda doing all the work right. here. Like Can you help me out? Like you're sitting on your ass and I'm just over here, you know, brewing all the beer and on and uh, apparently there were a lot of stories about like Ken brewing beer for twelve to fourteen hours oh, wow. a day. Oh wow. Um, to meet demand and like Paul would kinda like cash in a little early or whatever it may be. Fuck Paul. And Ken would be the one to like stay and get get shit to work and get things to be consistent and like you know, early on when it was just like, when that's what you needed to do to grow, what like yeah. Ken had that state of mind to be like, we got to figure this out to get to where yeah. we want to go. And it felt like, you know, Paul was just kind of like not fully into that. So yeah. Fuck you, Paul. Yeah. And essentially they ended that conversation with Ken getting paid double. It wasn't a full like 50, 50, but by the time 98 came around, sure. they, he just kind of bought him out. They uh, kind of listed as that he retired, but in an interview with Ken, they pretty much just, said like you know and there wasn't like bad blood it's just like i'm doing everything so um so in 2014 early 2014 they opened up a second brewing facility in mills river north carolina wow yeah what's up which the appalachian ken's son is in charge of (laughs) keep it in the family i like that yeah here we go yeah nepotism all the time um (laughs) it never fails yeah in 2010, Sierra Nevada won the EPA's Green Business of the Year Award. And we're going to talk about... I was like, that's kind of before it was like a thing to be... Yeah, we're going to talk about how um, how Sierra Nevada is super green. Yes. Uh, the brewery is powered by solar. All right, you got my attention. Yep. Offer it. Okay. It also has built-in charging stations for EVs. Uh, the new brewery is made with reused lumber, and they use cool. rainwater cisterns to flush the toilets. Wow. Yeah, so they have these things on the outside that look like silos almost. Yeah. Uh, it takes in the rainwater, and they use that water to flush toilets. Wow. Uh, they use BioPro biodiesel processors to convert uh, used cooking oil to use in their delivery trucks. Shit, okay. Yep. In 2009, they made an agreement with a local ethanol company to produce ethanol fuel from its discarded yeast. Wow. So their discarded yeast yeah. gets turned into ethanol wow their spent grain food waste is sold to cattle ranchers awesome as feed and then their spent water is sent to their own water treatment plant they own their own water treatment plant 99.5 percent of the brewery's solid waste is diverted from landfills 99 that's a hell of a fucking 0.5 percent of their waste is diverted from landfills that's huge. They own a one-mile railway in Chico for freight transport. That's really fucking cool. So the fact that they own this railway reduces their fuel usage, essentially. Yeah. Uh, they're wow. also the largest buyer of okay. organic hops in the United States. And their second facility is also a Platinum Zero waste facility. Wow. So not one, but... 
both, both. of them. Shout out. I've, that's really impressive. Yeah. Because, again, they were doing it before it was. Yeah. If you didn't know, no. uh, within the span of 50 years, Ken became a billionaire. He's a billionaire. There's literally no reason why companies can't be economically sustainable yeah. and also be profitable. I believe Sierra Nevada is the seventh most sold beer in the States. Fuck off. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, mm, I think Ken needs to give some some speeches and some chats to <laughs> yeah. people yeah that's awesome wild yeah uh the brewery's year-round offerings include the pale ale their porter their stout their torpedo extra ipa oh shit that sounds <sighs> that thing scary is bro insane <laughs> uh their keller vice their hefeweizen their um pilsner their hop hunter ipa and their hazy little thing. Yeah, that's their breweries that they typically offer year-round. They also have a ton of very specific, like, special releases, yeah. small batch releases, stuff like that. Cool. Their seasonal stuff, too. That's Sierra Nevada. Dude, okay. What a company. What a company. I'm sold. I know. Makes you want to drink Sierra Nevada, even though you probably won't like it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, I will be determined to find a beer that I like from them. <laughs> I will figure it out. I will figure it out. Yeah, no. Uh, Sierra Nevada is great. We'll go to North Carolina. We can have a little tasting. With yeah, fuck Ken it. Jr. We'll go to Chico. Fuck it. <laughs> After Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Our new stretch stretch there goal. We go. <laughs> Tim and L go to Chico. I'll have like a little camera. Yeah. All right. So what, um, how many IBUs are you giving? You're at 65. Oh, that's 65. I, you got me on the story. You had me on the story. Okay. I mean, granted it again, the whole parent garage funding thing, but right. Besides that, right. Our boy Ken worked his ass off. Yeah. Clearly started an empire. And also the funding was like, it definitely wasn't as straightforward as like Bezos is like fucking three. Let's just write you a check, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was definitely like he had to go to a lot of different relatives, and I think there was also still some bank funding stuff like that. Like there was, there was a lot. There was a lot that he did, but like I don't know. Clearly, it still impacts like like, fifty thousand. It still impacts his ability to start something. Absolutely, because like I don't, dude. Like if I don't have fucking, I don't have anyone to go to. No, I wouldn't know. Yeah, not not even close. No. I don't have well, a relative. Single, no. I would be like, "Hey, can you write me a check?" No, for I don't have any thousand. There's no. literally nothing. There's no nothing. I wouldn't even be able to nothing. None of that. Give you a piece of paper. Exist. So, but yeah. Um, what are you going up to? But yeah, I, I'm bumping my bad boy up to like seventy eight. Seventy eight, and you've never and tasted I've never a had Sierra it, Nevada. but you have me, and you really have me on. Like, I mean, I'm not necessarily like a environmentalist, like fucking all the way per se, but like, yeah, you've got my attention well, on maybe. how, yeah. On how sustainable this company is. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. And again, how you, our boy Ken's a billionaire. Yeah. You can't tell me that. He, he did it. He fucking did it. He did it. He, and it's like, what, he, 1970s, yeah. as you said? It's like, it's not 2021. Like, that's yeah. not that long of a time. Late 70s, specifically. Late 70s, and the company yeah. didn't start until 79. So, like, dude, <laughs> 50 years. That's a pretty, did it in that's 50 very years. impressive. And he's the seventh. Yeah. The seventh most. Well, you know, when you export and when you exploit your workers and become a billionaire, it's super easy. <laughs> Here's my anti-billionaire. Here we uh, go. What you got? Uh, billionaires should not exist. That means the system is broken, and it also means that workers are being exploited. Hey, I love your environmental work, Ken, but I don't know. Maybe not. You know, surely he's paying his employees. I'm sure, he's paying his kid well. <laughs> Nepotism. Nepotism. It runs in the family, buddy. Just not our family. 
Disney, not our family. Either way, um, <laughs> hey, man, this is the end of a bonus episode, and I don't yeah. have to fucking say anything about Cheers. plugging because you that's why you're here. It's because I plugged everything. You already plugged it. And you were like, I think I will do that. Thanks. I like that plug. Thank you. And we appreciate you for it. We appreciate um, it, bro. So crack open a nice cold Coca-Cola. Did <laughs> you think I was going to say Sierra I did, Nevada? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Got us. That's called comedy, folks. Keep up. Whoop, timing. <laughs> Um, no, crack open a Sierra Nevada. If you don't drink, crack open a plum. I don't know what people sure. that don't drink, drink. Okay. Um, Water. Yeah, literally anything Water. else. Water. Literally Juice. anything else. That's my favorite, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do that. Um, and just look me Ooh, in the eyes and ew. tell me that you love me and that you want to be my friend. Yes, you do. Have a good one.